what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, May 1st, 2020, episode number 130. Mayday, Mayday. That's what today is, Carter. Did you uh, know that? I don't, I don't even know what May Day is. I just remember in school. Is that a real thing? May 1st, May 1st is May Day. It must be an Oklahoma thing. I don't think I've ever heard of that, actually. I've heard, like, May the 4th be with you. And May 5th is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And everybody, like, the last week of April sings that in sync line. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. <laughs> we, we, we've already got people telling us to stop singing it. We just keep doing it every show. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. What have you been doing? Whole lot of nothing this week, man. How about you? But, uh, uh, nothing. My daughter's boyfriend bought a house. Yeah. So they, they closed on Friday. Uh, they already live together, but they, they're moving into a house. And so we've been over there trying to get a little bit of work done. It's an older house. Uh, I, I think built in the 90s. So that's you know not old to me. But anyway, so we're just trying to do that. And that's been keeping me busy a little bit. But uh, man, I'm just chomping at the bit. Tired of sitting on my couch and uh, watching Netflix and as much as I want to get out of my house, I don't know if I'd want to be moving into another one right now. I hate moving. Hate moving. I, yeah, I hate moving too. And she's already. We've already talked it over. She's gonna get some movers to move yeah. all of her stuff. So nice. I'm I'm okay with that. She's okay with that. You know. But we we've got to get everything else done and and stuff put where she wants it before we move all the, all of her stuff in. So you had another show this week, right? Who'd you talk to this week? Yeah, this week on the AFT show, we talked to Bree Poland from Royal Enfield Hell and yeah. Johnny Lewis, JL10. Nice. So he's hooked up with Royal Enfield. He went over to India. Royal Enfield is an Indian-based motorcycle company, which sounds weird, but they're made in India. Not Indian and, motorcycle, uh, Indian. Right, Indian. but India, a country. You. But it was it was cool to talk to them, and I think they got some good feedback, and they've got a lot going on. And they're just as excited to get back to racing. And they're going to have a, a few ladies uh, bike build deal. They bike build and race at some of the Grand Nationals this year. So it's cool to talk about that. You know, just another brand getting involved in American Flat Track is very cool. Yeah, every brand brings its own deal to what the you know the sport is. So it's cool to see another another one stepping in and kind of hear the backstory and, and what they're bringing to it. So. Uh, I got to definitely listen to that one. I know we saw Johnny Lewis go over to India, you know, in the off season, I think it was right at the end of last right. year or whatever. Um, so, and we definitely need to catch up with him before too long too, but, uh, it's always good to hear him man. what he's up to, what he's been doing. I know he's doing some, like, uh, there's some virtual school now that he's doing, right. which is really cool. I want to see if I could do it without a bike. I think they're four weeks in now, so I may be a little too late to the game, but I'll have to check that one out for sure. He's always good to hear from. And Brie Poland, who was on as well. I, I don't know her story at all. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because she she loves motorcycles. It's been her family for a long time, and flat track's been a passion of hers. And I was at her first race. It was at one of the Flat Out Friday races, and she only made like two laps. And her both of her feet were sticking straight out because she was scared. She already knows how to ride a motorcycle, but just getting out there, being on Coke syrup for the first time in front of a humongous crowd, it does stuff with your, your mind that yeah. most people don't even think about until you see somebody that's new go out there. So I actually went and talked to her, and she's good friends with Jake Mattia, who's a friend of mine. And we just told her, don't worry about what's around you. Look ahead of you. Just ride the motorcycle on around the tires or around whatever this, the center markers were. But, uh, you know, it's it's been cool getting to know her, and we got to know her a little bit further on the AFT show. So That's cool. it was really neat to have them on. Awesome. Good stuff. Look forward to seeing what that Royal Info bike can do compared to the other bikes out there. Absolutely. It's, you know, something new. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, what else? Let's see. What's it? What's been in the news, Carter? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, man. I think the biggest thing right now is that race that's going on this weekend. One of our guests this week will be able to speak to that a little bit, I think. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. I was uh, a little bit worried about it, but uh, we'll talk to Robbie Bobby, and, and he'll he'll walk us through all the precautions that they had to go through to get ready. Why were you worried about it? Just because... Of what's going on i just i don't know i just you think it's you know, too soon social, not for me yeah but i just i hope that people will show up where rob can make money i just yeah. you know more than anything 
just have a race just have something real instead of the the i racing and the e racing which is it's great it's it's better than nothing that's for sure but yeah. just have some motorcycles running and he's got cars going on he's got it's a big event so hopefully people show up and support him uh it's been a long time since anything's been on the racetrack so uh i i do know there was a sprint car race last weekend up uh near just north of sioux city iowa is barely into south dakota it's a really cool track i've seen before i don't think i've ever raced there but um, it was neat. They, you know, some sprint car drivers drove from Pennsylvania, and actually, uh, the guy that won was from Pennsylvania. So it, it seems like we're letting up a little bit, loosening up a little bit. I just hope it's not too soon. I hope we can stop the virus and and uh, get back to reality and, and real life because I'm tired of being in my house. <laughs> no, I hear you. And uh, hats off to Robbie Bobby for taking the chance and putting himself out there, putting on an event. I think they're going to turn out like crazy this weekend. Um, and I think it's going to be a fun event regardless. So um, it will be cool to see some racing, some live racing uh, this weekend. Right. Either way. Yep. So we'll talk to him in a little bit. And I'll tell you who our other guest is here shortly. But first, let's talk about let's talk about the obvious news. There's no Kentucky. We talked about that, right? Yeah, well, Lexington was just recently uh, postponed further. It's not canceled yet. You know, they're they're still going to do everything they can to get 18 rounds in. So uh, Lexington has been postponed. So right now, the next race on the schedule is Laconia, which is the that little short track up there. Yeah, and that may be that may be the season opener. It could be, but didn't they just announce that, like Laconia's bike week has moved? Yeah. So we don't know. No official word yet, right? Right. But. Right. Whatever. I mean, even if they do go racing, you can't have people in the grandstands, I don't think, yet. So who knows? It's still a po- anything's possible right now. Right. And, and they may change the schedule completely. I don't know yet. I, you know, I do work for American Flat Track. I'm not involved in all the decision making and where right. we're racing and when the racing is going to happen. So speculating right now, we could be starting here in Oklahoma City if they stick to the schedule the way it is now have you looked at the the weeks of racing like the weeks that are left in the year like if they went racing and and let's just say it did start in oklahoma city is there still enough weekends to get 18 in i mean there are there's got to be right there is because july is usually left empty because it's so dang hot yeah so we could race in july or you know what nascar is doing they're racing like three times a week yeah we could race some double header weekends you know on tracks where it, it can happen uh you know some tracks don't have good you know results during a day so if you can do a friday night and a saturday night i know a lot of people will have trouble getting to races on friday night but since everybody's been locked up for so long or in quarantine whatever you want to put it uh if there's a race on friday night and if you can catch two races I think people would be more likely to travel if everything lo- loosens up and gets back to normal. I think people would be more likely to travel to race to see two nationals in a weekend, a Friday night, Saturday night. Springfield's already doubleheader in September, so why not? Dude, I've always been a fan of, of the two-day event, even if it's not you know two nationals back-to-back. If, if it was like a, a half the day, right, and do half the day on Friday, half the day on Saturday, I've always been a fan of that. And, you know, when we went to Springfield last year and they ended up having the doubleheader because of the rain, uh, I was all for it. And, and I loved it, was, it. I would go to many other doubleheaders if they had them. So I think they'll probably try to get as many of those in as they can because they, they are still trying to get 18 in. It's, that's official. So we'll see how that pans out. That is correct. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we're just waiting kind of on the government and some of the restriction bans and some of the states. You know, a lot of the states are different. So that that's that's why I was thinking we might change the schedule up a little bit depending on what states have what restrictions i know california is still you know really constricted right now so we might not go out there for a while i don't you know i don't know i'm just talking right now but and speculating out there. scotty speculating yeah. scotty speculating doobler my new nickname um as long as they finish in daytona that's all i care about that's i just want to see that finale in daytona i think that'd be awesome even if it's even if it's just a short track in the in, infield or even no, if it's the, the short, short track. Yeah, short track Friday, the TT on Saturday. That'd be awesome. You know, <laughs> we could do the short track outside the stadium. We could do the TT inside the stadium. We could do both inside. I mean, you know, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, I don't own the, the multi-million dollar stadium, so it's easy for me to say, but it'd be awesome. Bring back Bring the back. moon dirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I watched some old footage from the municipal stadium, and yeah. that was... Uh, quite a show i don't know if you've ever gone back and looked at any of that stuff carter but racing at daytona at the at the football field i'm pretty sure it's municipal stadium where they raced around the outside of the football field on some white dirt and that racing was so good and anybody could win so that's what i love about it the moon dirt wasn't the short track it was the municipal stadium 
Or did they bring so it over? Just, they brought some that look like it because uh, they couldn't leave. Yeah, so that's why the white dirt. Because back in the day, you know, when they started racing, they raced on the beach with the white dirt. Yep, so yep, yep. when we went to Municipal Stadium, they actually raced a different track before that, a different stadium that was similar and then they went to municipal stadium then they went to the outside turn one and two of the super speedway and now we're in the inside of daytona national speedway so uh it's moved around quite a bit but uh, i would love to see some of that white dirt i mean it's really inconsistent but that made for some really interesting racing see i've always like when i worked for nascar i was like it'd be cool to run an event a nascar event on the old daytona track right like half on the beach half on the streets i think you could actually pull it off on motorcycles yeah, I, it'd be definitely easier than the car. The cars are so, you know, perfect, you know, and they're Dude. low. And, and I don't know that, that a car would go over any of that sand. A bike could. Dude, it, it I just got crazy. really excited about that idea. <laughs> AFT, if you're listening, make it happen. Do it. There you go. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, so again, this week, you got two guests lined up. Uh, do I get paid twice as much again? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Well, you, know, you know I take thanks. care of you. Um, well, we, already, we already talked about Robbie Bobby, but I thought we'd put, uh, put in a call to uh, Matthew Gunther, our number one listener. Well, you got to argue with, with Graham on who the number one listener is, but he has stated that he's the number one listener, but, you know, he's up there. That's no lie. I know he listens to the podcast more than once, too, so he probably is. But Matthew got hurt at a Steve Nace race. Uh, there's one, you know, around Thanksgiving, and there's one between Christmas and New Year's. Sometimes it falls right on New Year's, but uh, Gunther was flying the day he got hurt he was running up front with jd beach and and some of the other fast guys and uh i, I think we need to call and check in with him i think it's a good doing. idea man I haven't heard from him in a while and uh i definitely want to hear what he's got going on absolutely well we'll dial him up let's do it hello matthew gunther is that you what's going on scotty nothing man how are you doing uh, not too bad. Can't really complain. Just trying to get back on my feet. Yeah. Before we talk about that, what have you been doing since everybody's on lockdown? Uh, are you staying put? Or are you are you trying to do what they say? Are you sneaking out a little bit? Or are you being good or what? Uh, so right now uh, I have to leave uh, twice a week uh, to go to my physical therapy. And here and there I go out and eat with some of my buddies sometimes. We go get some food and, you know, sit in the car and stuff. But other than that, yeah, just sitting around the house. Um, hanging out with family. That's, that's really about it. It's all you can do. Illinois is on a pretty strict schedule right now, so nothing much to do. Yeah, Oklahoma's they're letting up a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Friday, May 1st, they're going to open up a, a little bit more. Things are going to start opening up around here and stuff like that. So hopefully we start getting back to normal real soon. But um, the reason I wanted to call you is some of the people might not, you know, some of our listeners might not know that you know, you're still up there as one of our number one or number two listeners, but some of the other people might not realize that you crashed pretty hard uh, at a Steve Nace race at DeCoin, Illinois. Um, do you remember the crash? Yeah, so what happened was we went down to this every year uh, since I was on a 125 when I started racing flat track. Uh, I went, I've been going down to Steve's races in the winter. It's an hour and 30 minutes from our house. Um, we went down there and we were racing and had a good day the first day, you know, practicing. And as we came into the heat races, I, uh, got through all my short track heat races and went to the first TT heat race, got the bike done real quick and went out. And as we went into the first corner, uh, I kind of tried putting it in on a couple guys and grabbed a whole handful of front brake and landed on my head. Thought I was all right. And as we got up, my, uh, arm wouldn't move and, uh, had to go to the ambulance. They tried yanking my arm back into socket as I've had, uh, shoulder issues a couple times now, uh, starting from 2016 in Galesburg when it really all started. And now I'm just trying to recover. Uh, it's a seven month recovery process. Um, I've talked to a couple people about the recovery and, you know, not trying to push it or move it along faster than it should be. So right now I'm just trying to get back on my feet and, hopefully get back to riding and racing really soon. But, uh, you know, no, no racing or riding before August for sure. So you've had surgery on it or they just put it back in and, and trying to let grow back naturally. So the way it all started was they thought it was just going to be a natural process. Um, so the Carbondale hospitals where they send you, if you, uh, wreck down in Ducoin beer kind of deal. So they yanked me and yanked me and yanked me until they couldn't anymore. 
and they had to put me under for a little bit and tried putting it back in. They said it was in, and then I went to a specialist in St. Louis right by my house uh, probably four or five days later, and they said my arm wasn't wasn't where it needed to be, so they sent me to the emergency room, stayed in the emergency room for six or seven hours, and they said there was nothing they could do. And so I went to a specialist three or four times after that, and about the fifth time, the specialist said, hey, we really need to do a surgery. Your surgery's in two days. And I had a surgery that was only supposed to last about an hour and a half and ended up being three and a half hours. So it was a pretty uh, strenuous surgery. So I've had some friends, you know, mostly when I race motocross, you know, the, the shoulder pops out of socket. It's more common, I guess, in motocross than flat track, but they actually sewed a few extra things in there to hold that, you know, the shoulder actually in socket. Did they do anything like that for you? Yeah. So what they had to do was, uh, so the first thing they thought was wrong was uh, that there's a divot in my shoulder that wouldn't allow it to keep staying in. So that's okay. why it popped out so frequently. Right. And as they thought that was the thing, so they were just going to fill it, shape it back up and tie me back in and hopefully it holds. But when they got back in there, my labrum in my shoulder was absolutely shredded. So they had to, I, I mean, I basically look like the inside of a stock car now with a bunch of rivets in my shoulder. Um, wow. But say it's getting better and better and it seems like it's holding very well. So I'm pretty optimistic right now about being able to get back on a bike, but you know, I'm not going to go against the doctor's orders if if she says it's not safe to. You know, when you're young and and you want to start racing again, you know, I I probably started racing too soon after a few injuries myself, but you know, as I got older, you you start listening to the doctors a little bit more and I'm glad you're going to wait because you know, if, if that thing keeps popping back out, that'll be a, a problem that will happen the rest of your life. So, I'm glad you're listening to the doctor. Um what uh, what kind of rehab you got going on right now? So, at the beginning of it, I couldn't even move my arm. They thought it was severe nerve damage. But the way it was actually looking out to be, which was I'm very thankful for, is there was a piece of the bone just pushing up against a couple nerves, and it wasn't allowed that to move because I lost all my muscle definition because this happened in December, and I didn't have my surgery, or nor was it even fixed until February 7th. So I was basically okay. walking around with a dead shoulder until February 7th. And okay. from then on, uh, the the rehab was the physical therapist moving me around and doing everything to my shoulder. But now I'm able to, you know, lift small weights. I think I'm up to like 20 pounds now on my right shoulder. And, you know, I can do more than that, but I'm not going to, um, as she says that it can be very dangerous with the kind of surgery my shoulder had done. Uh, so there's like a 50, 50 chance that it will ever be a hundred percent again. And if it doesn't turn out to be a hundred percent, then there's a very big risk that my shoulder could never, work the same again if i ever did this kind of injury to it i gotcha yeah okay so that that's that's why you're you're waiting so um i guess my my next question is uh august 1st it sounds like is that when you can start riding um is that is that the way i heard it yeah so basically she said seven months so august 1st around that time i can start riding again and then I mean, go from there. She said August versus regular day to day, what I've always been doing if the scans come out correct. So she has to look at my shoulder and basically give me a, a yes or no, whether I can, you know, go back and try to ride again or, you know, keep rehabbing that arm even past August and then seeing if I can get on the bike. Um, it's not a guarantee that I'll be able to 100% go back in August, uh, you know, being full force uh, like we were last year. I got you. So if and when we get racing again, you may have only missed a few races. Would you try to race the rest of the season or have you even thought about that yet? You know, as as a team right now uh, with the family and, you know, we've as you know, we've always done our own thing. We weren't even looking at doing a full season this year. I mean, even now with everything going on, we haven't really thought about it. I've been doing a lot of school uh, since since the injury. I got into school and doing a trade school type thing. So, um, awesome. doing a bunch of welding work. And, uh, so I'm, I'm more focusing on that. I mean, you see a lot of guys in our sport get hurt and then there's nothing they have to fall back on. And I've, and I've heard that from a lot of people and they really wish they would have had something to fall back on. So right now I'm focusing on a lot of that school stuff and whatever races I'm able to hit, I'm going to hit them because we still do have bikes. We still do have our transporter. 
I mean, we have all the stuff we need just to go racing. It's just this year we weren't able to get out and reach out to a bunch of sponsors and try to get something put together for the season. I gotcha. I understand that. You know, it's an expensive sport, especially when you're doing it on a, on a small budget with a you know, family. That's, uh, you know, a lot of the racers out there do that. Have you guys considered at all putting somebody on your bikes until you're ready to go? Um, not really. Um, you know, if somebody asked to ride one of our motorcycles, we would 100% let them. Um, I've been blessed in the years for having people let me ride their machines uh, when our stuff is down. So if somebody, if somebody's machinery was down and they needed to bike to ride 100%, I guarantee that myself and Keith would definitely be all in on letting somebody ride our motorcycles. Uh, I mean, in Ducoin, while I wasn't there, while I was at the hospital, uh, Keith stayed back and I just went with the hospital with my mom and, uh, somebody needed a motorcycle that day while I was gone. I mean, and she was a little bent up and, you know, hurt a little bit, but uh, we let them ride the bike and they had a good time on it and they're very grateful. So I know that feeling personally, even at the last round that I rode for American flat track, uh, we did have a couple issues that day, but uh, you know, I got to ride a bike. Uh, I wasn't even going to get to ride because I blew my machine up uh, testing that day at the Springfield mile. So, um, you know, anytime somebody gets to ride something when their machinery is down or when they're uh, on some bad luck, uh, it's always a great experience. So sitting there and, you know, there's no racing going on. So, you know, you're bored like the rest of us, but what are you missing most since, since you're hurt right now? What, what do you miss, you know, maybe in your day-to-day stuff, what are you missing the most right now? I mean, really uh, for the past, what is it? Two and a half years. uh, I've been right. I mean, I've been racing on the circuit. I mean, you're basically gone 42 weeks out of the year and, uh, you know, getting to see those people. I mean, like even, even you, Scotty, um, we don't even get to see you anymore. And, you know, we don't get any updates on how everybody's life's going. You don't get to see anybody. And it's, I mean, it's basically like, it's basically like family. People are saying they miss their family the most. I mean, these people are our family. So seeing that every day and then, you know, just being able to go out to eat and get a nice meal with your family. I mean, you don't realize until it's gone from you, how the simple things in life are really the most important. Absolutely. So when uh, when they release us, I guess, and let us out of our cages that we're calling our houses right now um, and we get life back to normal, what's the first thing you're going to do? I guarantee I will go out to eat with some of my friends. I mean, as I told you already earlier, uh, we go out and, you know, we sit in separate cars and eat some lunch or some dinner together and we talk through cars. I mean, we make the most of everything we got right now. And I mean, I know we can't wait enough to get back and just go sit down at somewhere simple. I mean, anywhere. I mean, nowadays you have to go through a drive through You to go up to the door and grab your meal. And, you know, as a, as a person around here, I'm supporting local businesses and definitely going and getting the meals from the smaller businesses and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, something simple like that, definitely getting a meal or uh, going somewhere and definitely seeing some friends. That sounds like a good plan to me. Um, what track, would you miss the most if you don't get to race the, you know, the rest of this year, or if we don't get to race at all, um, what, it, what track do you think you'll miss going to the most? Even if I wasn't to ride it anytime soon, I mean, who doesn't love going to the Springfield mile? Uh, I got to ride it twice in 2018 and it was just absolutely a blast. And then I rode it last year as well on my single, uh, wasn't the best experience. The bike did blow up, but, uh, you know, uh, who doesn't love going to the Springfield mile, seeing the border bar action, you know, uh, the last Springfield mile we all got to see, there was a massive twins pack and mm-hmm. you even saw guys like, uh, young guns, like Brandon price. And, you know, even people you don't see in the mix a whole bunch. Now you're going to see those people in the mix and just got you a little taste of what you're going to see next year or, you know, this year. Right on. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one more question and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but, uh, who's going to win the singles championship in 2020, you know, you get this question a lot. Even my mom asks me this all the time, who I think is going to win either championship, you know, twins, production twins, or the singles championship. Uh, rode with the kid my whole life, and I really think the kid showed everybody last year he's going to do, and I honestly think Dallas Daniels is going to take this championship and run with it. Like, I feel like he's going to start early, and he, he's not going to look back. Man, I, I like your confidence. I know you rode with him your whole life, but uh, that's – that's a pretty bold statement. There's some fast guys in there. You know, we, we talked to, you know, uh, quite a few of them. I mean, Henry Wiles is going to be in there. And then, you know, I mean, 
you know, Mikey Rush switching teams. He's going to be on a different bike, and and there's some some veterans in there. Chad Coast with help from American Suzuki now, and and man, I I like I like your confidence, and and he sh- he sure could win the championship. I'm right there with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I have confidence in the kid just because knowing growing up with him and stuff. I mean, he's got his dad behind him, and I mean that's a whole lot of confidence for him. His dad. I mean, even being family and then having that knowledge behind him. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's a hard combo to beat. Dallas has, you know, the support from Yamaha. He has the support from Monster. And then Tim Stenson, I mean, how could you, I mean, how could you go wrong? And you saw the kid at Peoria. It's his first year. I mean, how many times do you see a person come out of their first year and win a national? Yeah, exactly. And then do that at Peoria, one of the toughest tracks on the circuit. So uh, he, he's a talented rider, that's for sure. Um, I'll, I'll let you slide on the other two classes. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But, hey, man, uh, it sounds like you're doing really good. I uh, just really wanted to check in with you and make sure you're doing all right. It sounds like you're doing good. Keep your therapy going. And before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Yeah, I appreciate it, Scotty. Um, I uh, would love to say thanks to everybody who got me to where I am. You know, without all my previous sponsors and then the sponsors that are still on board right now, I couldn't be doing this. You know, my parents at Buddy Racing, uh, Showy Stills on back, and uh, Dice Sport Leathers, Core Hydration, Garnier Boots, One Down, Four Up, Vortex, Recluse, uh, Motion Pro. You know, these guys are still here with me right now, and I don't think I could uh, be racing last year or maybe even some this year without these people. Awesome, man. Well, keep your head up, and and I hope you get back to the track soon. I hope we're all back to the track soon. But, hey, thanks for checking in with us, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you guys thinking about me. Thanks, Scotty. All right, man. See ya. Have a great one. Good to hear from old Matthew. He's got a baby mullet going on, or he did at New Year's. I I should have asked him how his mullet was doing. I forgot, because his his stepdad, that's Buddy, uh, Keith, He's got the best hair. Well, I don't know about that because that's been low. Uh, he's got the best mullet in the pits. I think the best hair is, is Tom Englehart. He's got the best beard. That's hair. Well, that's true. That's facial hair. <laughs> and I said I said low, and I meant Ben Lau. Man. I need to get back to the racetrack. You've been quarantined too long. Talking to myself. Um, yeah, dude. Always good to talk to Matt Matthew Gunther. Good to hear he's in good spirits, given all the all the tough uh, couple weeks, months he's been been through here lately. And uh, sounds like it's turning around though, and he'll be back on a bike before too long. But uh, yeah, always good to check in with him. Absolutely. So you, we we both mentioned it earlier in the open, uh, but we got Robbie Bobby McClendenshire, <laughs> McClendon. He's got so many names. He's got more nicknames than I do. He's got a race going on this weekend, Carter. He does. Yeah, he does. And uh, I was doubtful whether this thing would actually go on, right? I think he was actually trying to run it before this weekend, and that didn't work. So I thought that they were going to you know, get bumped again. But he's he's determined, and he's making it happen. So I figured we'd uh, give him a call. There was like a riders meeting uh, video that he did earlier this week that I saw. Uh, just I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of have him summarize that, tell us what's going on, and uh, what we can expect to see this weekend for the first event of 2020 since since, since the pandemic. Since the anyway. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I just hope I hope people show up. I hope people stay safe, and I hope it's a good event. I know I'm gonna try to tune in if I can. He's gonna be posting it on Facebook. It sounds like, uh, but he's got a lot more details. So I think better call him up. Let's give him a shout. Hey. No, no, no. I'll call him. Robbie Bobby McClendenshire. What's up? Not much. I, I, you got any goats for sale? I heard you're a goat farmer now. I, I think I heard that on the AFT show. We we don't sell them, man. We, we, we're keeping them. We're, what are you going to do? We're, uh, we're raising them. Well, what are you going to do with them when they get older? Man, I don't know. I guess just keep they're They're so awesome. They're fun. They're just like today. They were like all up in the, the weeds and the trees, just like bouncing around, like having a good old time. Do they stay at the house or yeah. they go to the racetrack or they go to the motorcycle shop or where, where are they at? <laughs> no, they're just in the backyard at the house hanging out, doing their own thing. They don't, uh, so they don't, don't travel. I, I don't know. They didn't, <laughs> no, they didn't like the car or the truck too much the first time, but they were just in a cage in the back, but yeah. I don't know if they would jump out, but we're not going to take that risk. All right. Well, I just, I figured you, you, I didn't know why you got them. I figured you might've got them for the racetrack to keep the weeds down. I didn't know what was going on down there. 
Uh, no, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they would do at the racetrack, but they're they're pretty cool where they're at. So I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked. They're pretty awesome. All right. Did you have fun on the AFT show with me? Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. The uh, the kids were a little unruly, but uh, you know that's what happens when you call somebody with five kids. So. And that that's quarantine life right there for you, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, quarantine restrictions are lifting a little bit, and I heard this rumor that you're having a race, uh, which would be tonight and tomorrow night at Pensacola Dirt Track. And I actually just watched your your Facebook video of the riders and drivers meeting. I thought that was a great idea. So, you know, how did this idea come about, and when did you know you're gonna you're gonna have a race here this weekend? Man, we've been planning it since. Heck, we've been trying to race since Daytona with AFC, obviously, but uh, we've had a couple big races planned that uh, have kind of gone by the wayside. So it seems now that the hysteria is a little bit blown past, so to speak. Um, we decided we're going to go with it, man. Um, you know, we're not going to get all political or anything, but I'm going to exercise my constitutional right to open up my my organization and. Uh, like a better term or anything, they're going to do about it. Um, you know, they're going to have to drag me out in handcuffs, I guess. It's, that's what they feel like doing. But I got a bunch of people that want to race. We've, uh, we haven't heard anything, anything negative about it from anybody. So we're, we're good to go, man. Um, there's another car track about 30 minutes away that's got a big pay per view race going. But, you know, car tracks generally get a lot more spectators than we do. So we're going to take necessary precautions and, spread out the spectators and the pits and stuff and uh and get these uh these motors revving back up well and and i like that's why you had the riders meeting and drivers meeting already there'll be a short one just to go over a few last minute things but you can't have everybody you know you can't have 500 people standing in one spot talk just to hear you and and so you already did that uh i listened you know when they get in line at the concession stand to do their social distancing or you'll shut the grant you know shut the the concession stand down uh you've got a you got a a formula already designed for how to get into the facility, you know, stay in your vehicle until you get up to the gate. Then you get out, sign your, your waiver and get your pit pass, sign in for the race. So it sounds like you've made all the, the pre, you know, precautions that you could. Friday night sounds like a huge night, but then Saturday night's even bigger. But Friday night, the way I understood it, uh, motorcycles, go-karts, quads, sprints, and mowers. So uh, a big night Friday night, even bigger on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. Friday night will be. Um, we're gonna just do it to kind of make up for some of the races we lost. Um, okay. And then, um, so it'll be our normal normal motorcycle classes, which we have generally classes for everyone. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's funny as it sounds, the mowers love running on the uh, the same track we run because we keep moisture in it, and the mowers like a cushion. Well, right on. Um, Saturday, the go karts will run because they want the track smooth as glass. You know, we all do, but go karts right. especially. So they're gonna have the they're going to take to the track first on Saturday, and that way they have a virgin track to race on. And then, uh, and then Saturday we're doing something a little unique. We're going to do it kind of like a NASCAR style format, to where you know all the practice, qualifying, and racing Friday night transfers into Saturday night. So Saturday night we're going to do the opening ceremonies, festivities, kind of like MotoGP, where you just grid up, you know. And okay. we've added a bunch of laps. So believe it or not, the kids class, which is youth, it's a conglomeration of, you know, 65s, 85s, uh, mad dog bikes, you know, anywhere from 12 years old around there and and down, they're going 40 laps. Wow. So that's going to be insane. I'm I'm excited to see that. I'm hoping we have a 20 rider field and, you know, so it'll be strategy. I want the kids to learn some strategy. I want them to learn about track conditions and, and, and adapt and adapting to track conditions because especially 40 laps on a on a semi cushion track like mine is uh they're going to be on a on a pretty smooth track and then all of a sudden it's going to turn into lima with about 10 laps to go so um what better way for them to learn than to actually get out there and do it before you move away from the amateurs there's a, a special prize up for grabs the king of the ring and you know while you're in the the, the riders and drivers meeting a minute ago, people were throwing money into this pot just for this, you know, youth class. How did, before we move on to the pro class, the pro-am class, how did you come up with the, the idea for this format? You know, I was just thinking how cool it is for everybody to get there and kind of make it one big exciting race, you know, because you got, it's it's a whole different style of formula, you know, on a normal, normal race night, which is nothing wrong with, we all know how that goes, you know, practice, heats, qualifiers, mm-hmm. and features. Well, I was like, you know what? Let's just put all put it all on the line. You know, one 
big show. That way, if you have a couple crappy laps, you know, in a 12-lap feature or 10-lap feature, sometimes, you know, depending on what organization you run with, you know, as well as I do, you get a bad start, and all of a sudden, crap, you know, you're in eighth yeah. place, and you don't have enough laps. Right. Well, 40 laps, you can have a bad start, and you can work your way back up, and it all comes into, you know, race craft and just using your head is in addition to using your skills. And then, um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to lose the race on the first lap. I mean, unless you wreck out and do something stupid, but, um, whereas a, you know, a small race, you know, we see it all the time that, um, you can, uh, you can easily get a crappy start and also, especially on a short track, you know, there's gonna be a lot of passing, but it's close quarters, like all short tracks. So, you know, if you're in eighth place and you're one of the top two riders and you got to make your way through the field, you know, by the time you get up to third place, the top two might be gone. Yeah. Well, you got 40 yeah. laps. You can pace yourself and, and recover. Right on. What what I liked about the, the riders and drivers meeting is you're going to let the parents, you know, especially in this, this great big youth conglomeration class, like you said, you let the parents or mechanics go down the infield. And you brought up NASCAR a minute ago. Do you think some of these guys will use like a moto board, like motocross to, to tell the riders where they're at? Or, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I mean, I just, the first thing that popped into my mind when you said something, the mechanics go to the infield, you know, when I race motocross, my dad would give me signals on a moto board, you know, maybe five laps to go or whatever. Do you think some of that will be happening like NASCAR? You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I hope it does. I would love to see, you know, a, a team effort. Um, you know, it reminds me of my time doing the Daytona 200 stuff. You know, you got a, right. a pit board or, or yeah. even some of the sing- simplest hand signals, you know, um, and it goes a long way. So you can say, all right, well, I'm, I've got to, you know, straightaway lead. There's no need to beat the crap out of my bike for the next 10 laps. Let's just back it down a notch and save my equipment or my tire because you never know, 40 laps. Right. And I mean, even though it's a kid's class, but 40 laps is a lot for a kid. So they're going to be putting some abuse to that bike. So, um, so yeah, I, I hope to see that. There's no rule against it. Um, I want I want strategies to come into play, and I hope they I, do. Yeah, I think it definitely will. And now let's move over to the big. Pro, I, I guess the way I understood it was it's a pro am class, and if I heard you yep. right, sixty laps, sixty. That's correct, sixty six zero. So and it Ooh. came from me and Dalton going thirty laps. I was like, well, Dalton said, he's like, man, I wasn't even tired. So same basic premise. We're going to okay. grid them up. Um, you know, you get a bad start. Again, you got 60 laps. Of course, you know, we've got some heavy hitters come in. Um, you know, Halbert's supposed to be there. Uh, Cole Zabala said he's probably coming down now. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and plus some of the top amateurs. You, know, you got uh, Chase Sadoff. Um, I would say Roos Evans, but uh, he's not an amateur no more. He turned pro, but he's coming yeah. down. Um, and then you got all the local guys, Landon Smith. You got the Paxson brothers from Louisiana. Um, a whole bunch of guys that on any given day can run up front. So, the amateurs are going to have, you know, just like many pro am. I love pro ams. Let me start with that and say right. that's the best thing for amateurs to learn mm-hmm. is to be out there with the pros before they hit the big leagues, go to AFT, and right. all of a sudden they're in for shell shock. Well, like Steve Nace has done so well, he's got his classes that mix them up, and it's mm-hmm. such a good thing because you get to learn and see where you stack up. Absolutely. I also saw or listened, and, and you said Max Wales coming. I mean, is he making the trip from Australia just to come ride with you, or is he already up here? I think he's here for the AFT stuff, and I, I'd love to see him. And it's always such a pleasure to have those guys at the track, him and his dad both, and his mom. I'm not sure if she's in town or not, but um, we would love to see Max. Um, I, I hope if I see that motorhome pulling in, it's going to put a big smile on my face. That'd be cool. And, you know, another thing I learned, you know, listening to the riders meeting, and I knew this from you, you know, working with you previously, but you guys have transponders, so you don't have to worry about getting scored correctly or incorrectly. You don't have people handwriting the scores down. So with the transponders, I think that's allowing this this to happen, you know, the 40-lap main, the 60-lap pro-am main, and I think that's going to be awesome to look at too because you can see, well, maybe – so-and-so was fastest on lap 10, but then so-and-so was even faster on lap number 30. You know, I think that's a really cool feature that you have the ability to do with the transponders that a lot not, not a lot of the other promoters can do that. Oh, for sure. The transponders has been one of the best investments I've ever had, just simply for that reason. On top of the fact that it cuts down on employees, which, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm like the biggest guy in the world for, you know, giving people jobs and, and working them. But when it comes to the transponders, you know, it takes the human error out of it because nobody's eyes are that good to get perfect every single lap. And right. this way they can see their lap times. We can show them in real life. Like, Hey, look, man, you know, you finished 10th, 
but you know, you were the third fastest for the first half of the race and then you faded bad. So you need to work right. on your fitness or say somebody that's got great fitness says, man, your last 10 laps were your fastest. If you would have started out faster, you might've been up front sooner. You know, right. so there's, there's pros and cons to it. You know, unfortunately a lot of people say, Oh, there's no way my stopwatch was way faster. Well, you know, the transponders don't lie. So right. stopwatch right. hand is, uh, has been proven, proven over time and time again, that it's not as accurate as you think it is. Absolutely. And, and I love that. So, uh, this seems like maybe one of the biggest events you've ever had at your racetrack. How, how do you feel heading into the event? Are you guys ready to go? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be one of one of our bigger events. I think um, we've had some pretty good ones. Like the Panhandle Clash was a really really good one, and we have the one in Sonoya that unfortunately got postponed after Daytona. But yeah. um, I think it's going to be a top five for sure. You know, um, it's kind of up in the air because we hadn't got a whole lot of sponsorship, unfortunately, just due to the fact that everybody's kind of on hold from the Corona deal. So okay. um, I'm I'm dipping into my own pocket for for the purse money, which is is fine. It's part of of running a race. Yep. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm still super nervous though. Cause you know, you, you just, you never know, man. I mean, everybody that says they're coming, you know, people are always like, Oh man, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And they don't show up. Well, just like always, you know, there's so many people saying they're coming and until they get to the gate, you know, I kind of just play it by ear. So either way, the people that do show up, we're going to have a hell of a good time. The tracks looking super good, man. We, uh, we had a nice about three hour, just nonstop drizzle which as you know, you know, a good downpour can hurt a racetrack, but you just keep that steady water to it, man. And it's just soaking in and soaking in and soaking in. And I'm Perfect. rolling it and rolling it and rolling it and grading it, clipping it, packing it. And man, it's look, nature is helping us out big time. That's awesome. And I also saw you did some track modifications, got a new straightaway wall on the front straightaway. Uh, I heard you got some kickback from that or some feedback, but you have to be able to keep that dirt on the racetrack. You can't let all the good stuff go into the grandstands, right? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's not really bad, bad feedback. It's just, you know, people see concrete and they get scared, which is fully understandable. Um, and it's hard to get good, accurate pictures without having like a helicopter or, or a, a drone or something to go over the top right. of. But, but you know, it, it's just on the straightaway. So in the impact zones, is still full tires, you know. I mean, good, hay bales good. rot over time. And luckily with Five Flag Speedway, we have plenty of nice, soft, late model tires to wreck into. And I've tested them plenty of times. <laughs> um, so, you know, yep, the straightaways do have brand new, shiny new walls, but, uh, the corners are still, uh, you know, three and four is still got is open. It's just, we okay. have so much property. So turns one and two, uh, we've got our, our tire wall there still. So, um, right so, yeah, for those that are curious, you know, the impact zones are still, uh, still rubber. Awesome. And is there a demolition derby going on too, or, or, <laughs> no, it's not a demolition derby. It is a right. 250 lap enduro wow and and that's yep, the cars that you you and morgan and, and dalton been working on you guys are all in that too yep yep basically <laughs> the premise is kind of like uh the lemons races where it's like just crappy cars um so okay what better name than just the crap crappers so um you know we don't have like a, a price limit on the cars but generally you're going to see anywhere from 200 to 500 cars racing um i was telling people between me Dalton, and Merck together we've got about 800 bucks in our whole three car team. So, um, <laughs> Merck's, so. Merck's not looking too hot, man. I think he's already got a rod knocking. My car keeps flickering on the, uh, the oil pressure low sign. Yeah. And, um, so we just dumped another quart of oil in mine. And then Dalton's <laughs> Honda, <laughs> Dalton's got a Honda that's got a whole sweat hog Grand Prix on it. And luckily on my short track, you don't need all the gears because third and fourth gear are gone in that gone. so it's only got first and second <laughs> that's so, awesome hey so what what what's if, the price if any of us make it <laughs> it's a thousand to win that well i was gonna say you should, to win. you should have like a, a toilet seat as the trophy just the, just the you, seat know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that it's funny you <laughs> mentioned that we do have a, a, a our throne it will be uh sitting on the, the, the king of the ring on the throne so <laughs> it's definitely Dude, going awesome. down. How, how many cars are in it in that deal yet? Or do you know? Uh, we're hoping, we're hoping for at least 20, but I mean, there's been, we do this thing called the Sweathawk Grand Prix, which is very similar just on an asphalt course. And we get 35 to 40 in that. So wow. if we can get 20 on my little track, it's going to yeah. be plenty. Dude, that's awesome. That is so, so cool. Okay. So if, 
if people want to get involved either in this this car class you're talking about or any of the other classes we talked about earlier, how, how do they need to get a hold of you? Is it through Facebook? Is that the best way? Yeah, Facebook is the best way. I wish I could say I'm, I'm super good on Instagram and Twitter, but I'm just not. I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot. So just go on the Pensacola Dirt Track Facebook page. And okay. there's also the event page called the Crapper 250. So, um, and it's got all the, the details. And we're going to try and go live too. Usually, I try and stream it live on uh, the flattrack.com on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, anybody can go on that. And and I can't guarantee I'm the best cameraman. I'm not the best uh, announcer by any means. We wish we had Scotty Dubler in town this weekend, but we'll take what we can get, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do the best we can. Dude, any any stream of any race going on that's real. Uh, is definitely going to be the most popular thing going on this weekend. So I, I wish you lots of luck and, and success this weekend. I hope that you know everybody has a good, safe event, and I'm glad something's going to be going on on some kind of racetrack. And uh, I, it's tonight, Friday night, and tomorrow, Saturday night, and it sounds like a whole lot of fun. And I appreciate you coming on here and uh, talking to us about it. Do you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go? Oh, man, just thanks for all the fans and everybody reaching out. Uh, you know, Certified Plumbing, Ronnie Smith, he's a big supporter of Plot Track. He's put in a lot of man hours and his family all together. You know, both of his sons come out and anytime we need work done, they're, they're there. Um, and uh, there's so many other guys that came out and volunteered and helped out because we've done a lot of work in a short amount of time. But unfortunately, you know, most of the time we don't ever have a long break and the government kind of forced our hand on that. So we took the time and used it wisely and made some, some big changes and upgrades. So well, thanks to everybody, well, man. But of course, the radio yeah. suit. Right on. Well, well, kudos to you for trying something new, trying something different, and and going out there and putting on a race, man. Uh, you know, and thanks for stopping by here on Off the Groove too, man. And we wish you well, and and hope you have a great event. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime, man. I'm, I'm glad to be on, and I appreciate what all you guys do for the sport. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy, guys. Thank you. Dude. Yeah, man. Dude, are you? <laughs> Why aren't you getting in your car and coming on down? It's so far, dude, and and I don't have any money. I have no money coming in. <laughs> Should we do a, so. a raffle? We'll do a raffle between. I'm gonna post this at like eight o'clock in the morning on Friday, maybe even before. And we, <laughs> if we raise enough money by noon, you got to get in the car and do it. What's enough money? What's enough money? One million dollars. I would, I would drive down there for a million dollars. You damn right sure. you would. You'd drive down for a couple thousand. <laughs> Probably. No, man, that's good. it sounds like a hell of a deal this weekend. It, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I like that he's got a little uh, a little mini bike class going 40 laps, and then he's got the Pro-Am going 60 laps. I mean, some people are going to be running over their tongue, because especially with this going on, some people haven't been training. <laughs> some people have really been training. Um, I, you know, down in Florida, we might see other riders show up. I know Rispoli's down there somewhere. Yep. I don't know if Harley's going to let him ride. I, you know, Randon Robinson's down there. Coast and Wells are down here. Coast yeah. and Wells are down there. I, I just don't know who's going to show up and who's got their equipment right. you know, ready to go. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know quite a few fast guys are already pre-entered. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be interesting. Isn't Mies down here too? Cool bed. He lives in. He lives in Florida. Cool yeah. bed. He's pretty much retired, but he wasn't retired know. when we did the throwdown. He was exactly running around. And he was yeah. ripping too, right? Yeah. Sixty laps. 60 laps that's right in his wheelhouse i think he's he's got the smarts where he wouldn't you know he's been around so long that he knows how to pace himself for 60 laps and save himself maybe for the last 10 didn't you, you know, uh, I, didn't you see he was in mises garage the other day too did you see that uh-uh, i didn't yeah see that. he was working on mises bike or something he was next to mises bike yeah on social so uh, that's dude weird. if they that's show weird. up if they show up that'd be fun that'd be fun to see Man, now you're getting me excited. No, I'm just, that's Carter speculating, speculating Carter. Uh, but I just saw the video. I, I don't know. You never know what, what that means. Um, but yeah, that's, no, dude, that's true. Either way, it's going to be a blast. Those dudes always like to have fun. I, I want to go just for that, the Crapper 250. Yeah, that'd be awesome too. I mean, you know what? He's having fun. He's finding different ways to do different things. You know, even, you know, the Crapper 250. I mean, <laughs> It's it's all it's all fun, you know. And Can you do me a favor? Hold on, let's just stop what? this right now. I need you. What? I need you to do an intro to the Crapper 250 in the Scotty Dubler announcer voice. How do you want me to introduce it? Thanks for joining us for the Crapper 250 at Pensacola Raceway with Robbie Bobby. Just wing it like you would if it was an event. All right.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pensacola Dirt Track. Up tonight, the special feature, the Crapper 250. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, you know who's going to love that? Robbie Bobby. Robbie Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, there you go, Robbie. That's just for you, buddy. I might clip that right off on. and send it to him to send it to him before we post the podcast so he can get excited about it. All right. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, what are you do what are you doing this weekend? I'm gonna be watching the Crapper two fifty. Yeah. And the, the sixty lap pro am. Sixty lap pro am, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're I'm probably gonna be editing a podcast. Yeah, on this week's uh, TSP we actually got a road racer on not JD Beach. All right. Well that's interesting. Might yeah. tune in. You know what else I'm going to... You know, I'm going to say it just here on the podcast so we actually do it. What? What do you got going on this weekend? Nothing. All right, so you're going to block off three hours of your time. Three? Yeah. We might only use one, but you need to block off three hours because we're going to build a Patreon page for Off The Groove. Okay. I'm down with that. That's for sure. You want to explain what a Patreon is? We will. Or you want to wait? Okay. All right. We'll no, wait. I'm definitely down. Well, I that. want to make sure you show up for this three hours. Oh, okay. And get it done. What about the Hollywood Minute? We didn't work on that oh, yet. We'll do the Hollywood Minute. We can do that for sure this weekend. Let's do that too. We can do All that right. in the three hours with the Patreon. All right. Now Sounds everybody's good. like, what the hell is that? What the hell is the Hollywood Minute? What the hell is Patreon? A little teaser. See this little carrot dangling right here? Just wait. There you go. There's lots of cool stuff in store, and uh, we'll explain it all on the next podcast or the next three podcasts, probably. Sounds good. Carter? Yeah. Keep her on four wheels. I will. Stay safe. Yep. Stay quarantined. Uh-huh. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends about our podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. You should probably say wear gloves if you're going to smash that like button. I don't want to get corona on, my, on the like button. It's not on your like button. Or... All right, bro. Have a good weekend. Talk to you about Patreon and the Hollywood Minute. Sounds good. Talk to everybody else next Friday. Yes, sir. Right here on Off the Groove. Peace. Later. Later.